Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ruined. I'm Allison Livy. Oh, I was just <laughs> was trying to trip you up. And this you is did. Hallie. I legitimately, like, didn't know what to— I was like— do I say something? Like, I, we know how to do I'm this. So We've been doing this for so long. And yet I love, I mean, I guess that's where this podcast really was born, is loving to see you be uncomfortable. Yeah, it is kind of the underlying premise of everything we do here. And I can still do it after all this year. All, you know. <laughs> all this year is like 40 years at this point. It's been so long. It is November. We have finished our spooky, scary October extravaganza spooktacular, Phantasmagorium. We never had a name for it, but I am happy that we're not uh, eating disgusting candy before we record this episode. Last night, my boyfriend, the uh, the boyfriend of the pod, Dave, um, (laughs) boyfriend of the pod, forced me to keep the good in plenties and black licorice. (gasps) And I think it was last night the night before, admitted to me that he had been eating the good and plenties. And it was, I would oh rather he, you just said, I've been cheating on you. Because <laughs> I, I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, eat, sneaking good and plenties, I can't wrap my head around it. You could walk a blo- two blocks away to a Walgreens and get any candy available to man, and you are snacking on, at this point, weeks old good and plenties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we got it done. Hopefully you guys are still screaming, either because of our, um, the episodes or from the candy that we you ate in solidarity with us. And if you're done screaming uh, because of October, you can start screaming because today is election day. Happy election day. I hope you're listening to this while waiting online to vote, which is hopefully less than 11 hours, but no promises depending on states. Yeah, <sighs> I feel like, yeah, depending on what you listen to this, you'll already know, who, you know who the president is and we don't. To stand with you and give you fuel for voting, we thought, what better movie to do than, of course, the Purge election year? That sounds like a headline, not a movie, but okay. So let's talk about it. So we always have Allison watch the uh, trailer, which we also suggest you do, because even if you're not going to watch the movie, it gives you a lot of like, oh, here's what the characters look like, a lot of fun. Yeah, fun context and color. Allison, what did you think about the trailer for the Purge election year? I feel like it's not a version there. What's the... What's the therapy that's like uh, for when you are experiencing... Exposure therapy? Exposure therapy. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, could I have aversion therapy for all of my fears? Immersion therapy. It felt like really intense to watch this being, you know, 15 days or something out from the election. Like, there's just obviously thematic threads that you can tie to our reality, which will make me never sleep again. So, it was very scary. That's my situation. Um, so I like to take a baseline scary before we uh, we ruin a movie for you. Allison, yes. how scary do you find American politics? <laughs> Perhaps the scariest of everything we've covered. Like scarier mm-hmm. than zombies or the paranormal or motherhood or any of those other topics. Like this is right. obviously peak height scary. And for the reason being, it's real. 
yeah, the cruelty of American politics and the impossibility of getting through and and changing them is terrifying. Right. And so this movie is, compared to the other previous ones, is less of a personal story about uh, people going through the purge or trying to survive the purge. But this is about the slow bureaucracy of the Washington, D.C. and how something like this could be put in motion and how difficult it would be to then uninstitute the purge. So that oh my this God. is and that's why this movie is more of like an action horror movie versus the other ones. But sure. I don't know. I, I again we're a couple a couple weeks out while we're um recording this. I think I'm just at the exact mental space to watch the purge election year. Cause the whole time I'm like, man, they're so right. I know. Man, these are interesting, relevant points in this movie. Oh, God, I'm scared. Okay. All right. So, and of course, the other question I'd like to ask, Allison, uh, do you think there'll be a twist? And if so, would you like to guess that twist? I feel like this movie will definitely have a twist. I feel, for having never seen any of the Purge movies, obviously, I assume they all do. I, I gotta say that it's like somebody who you think is on the good side is on the bad side. Like that okay. kind of classic, like, <gasps> great shock. You know, great guess. Let us begin. <clears throat> we open on mm. the George Clinton song, Give Up the Funk. Oh. And we are in a, a family home. The walls are sprayed with blood. And a perjurer, a man in a terrifying mask, has a family tied up on the couch, sort of funny game style. Oh, okay. Familiar. And he's telling them, this is why I picked these songs. I made a Purge playlist. And the idea of being about to be, you're about to be murdered, and then you have to hear about some guy's playlist is just ice up my veins. Yeah, that's, just bring on the violence. I can't hear a man telling me about music. And similar to, to Funny Games, he says to the family, we've played a lot of games tonight. We have one more game. And the game is called Mommy's Choice. Mm. And... So, Mommy, you're going to have to decide who survives the purge this year. (gasps) Cut to 18 years later. It's two days before the annual purge. And they don't say what year it is because, like, it feels just modern times. But I guess somebody did the calculus online. Technically, it's 2040 because the purge has been going on for at least 25 years. I love that someone did that. Yes. God bless. God bless everyone on Reddit and Wikipedia. And so we see there's, like, been rioting breaking out because the party in uh, power is the pro-purge party, uh, which is called the— Republicans? I mean, yes. um, (laughs) It's called the New Founding Fathers Association. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they are conservative, religious, uh, all elderly white men obsessed with maintaining power. And one of the ways they've been doing it is, essentially, they have been uh, using the purge— to cull or eliminate the poor population so that they do not have to then spend money on social services. Oh. Right. Okay. And this is something that has been is alluded to. Is the purge to. the coronavirus? <laughs> like, I mean, that's, even in the trailer, I was seeing those parallels and I was like, yeah, mm, this is hard to watch. Yeah, I guess this is the coronavirus is nature's purge and <laughs> oh, the <laughs> new founding fathers are the Republicans saying, well, actually, if you think about it, this is good. Like, you know, yeah. watching this, you're like, well, this can't possibly be good. However, the people in it, in order to maintain power, this is one of the mechanisms they use. Right. But there's sort of been mounting, as there would be mounting frustration and activism and protesting against the purge. Yeah. And uh, we meet a uh, character, Dante Bishop, who is featured in a previous purge movie, played by Edwin Hodge. 
And Dante Bishop is like the face of, you know, anti pur- the anti-purge movement. Okay. And he's the one saying they've been killing the poor population to reduce spending. Like, this has to end. Like, oh. you know, that kind of thing. And so the establishment candidate, his name is Minister Edwidge Owens. Oh, my God. That's, like, nightmare-inducing just to hear that, like, candidate— Minister. Exactly. Like, I don't like that at all. Yes. He's extremely pro-purge. He's being paid, essentially, for by the new founding fathers. This is candidate for president? Yes, for president. Sorry, yes. Okay. So this is for the presidency. And his, his opponent is an independent senator named Charlie Roan. Charlene Roan, but they call her Charlie. She is, in that first scene, the family on the couch, there's, like, a young woman who's supposed to be, like, you know, in her early 20s, the daughter of the family. Uh She's the daughter. So what we understand from this is that her mother picked her to survive. And so Senator Roan's entire family was killed that purge night 18 years ago. Her parents and her brother are dead. So she has survived. So as you can imagine, she is very anti-purge. Yes. And is running against the purge. That's her platform. She she has some other concerns, but it's mostly about the thing, the purge. I would have no other other issues, no other policy stances. I would only be focused on this. That would be my whole world. to say? Exactly. It's the purge (laughs) is bad. This is it. (laughs) And I feel like they do, like, uh, like that you sort of see the founding fathers, like they're watching her, you know, give some speech or whatever. And, the head of the and the new founding father, this is his name is Cullen Warrens, and he and he you know he's a villain. He has all these like lines like, "I'm sick of these idealistic pigs. They all want to have some, cannot have." Oh like all my. the lines are like they're great. I love this kind of like B movie like yeah. clowering, you know, kind of villain or whatever around like a gigantic table. Yeah, and so we also see some other supporters. We see Harmon James will come back later. They're all like these like incredibly sickly looking older white men. And so basically what you find out is, you know, yeah, sure, they could keep disenfranchising voters or keep killing poor people so they can't vote. But right. wouldn't it just be simpler if we assassinate Senator Roan to take her out? So there's no possibility that she could win. Wow. That is not surprising. Or as Caleb Warren says, we're going to use this year's purge to do some spring cleaning. And that's the other issue with the purge is, the purge enables you to do these things. You know, so, like, hopefully, I mean, knock on wood, but like, right. currently, political assassinations, that's a big thumbs down in America. For now. For now. <laughs> and I want to be very clear. I understand they can change it. It has not been true in the past, you know. And so, it's sort of like the purge that enables people to do all these, put into play, uh, place all these mechanisms they wouldn't necessarily be be able to afterwards. Right. So, it is the day before the purge, and there's a debate between Minister Owens and Senator Roan. And Minister Owens is like, my family will be at Midnight Purge Mass because I believe in the purge. And you realize, oh, they've co-opted religion. And this is like, basically the argument is that the purge is a, is like a sacrifice that this, the country has to make where everyone gets all their violence and anger out so that we could be a functional society the rest of the time. Okay, sure. So, yeah, it's like the high holidays. Um, Yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. But no, I I never want to, like, tie uh, something violent like this to Judaism. Um, But, like, how are the old white men not killed in the purge? So, basically, the people, there are certain rules around the purge. In years past, of course, you have to have rules around the 12 hours of lawlessness and violence. And so, basically, they established that, like, the highest level of, like, politicians can't be killed. 
but uh, no, <laughs> that it it no, but they made it. Oh God, I hate this country. See, Allison, and- these are the <laughs> arguments the anti-purge activists are making, and what I get is compelling about the movie is that like then the arguments back from the new founding fathers, they get so in the weeds. You know what I mean? Like, um, like but like they're Rohn, trying to kill her. Like, she's a politician. Well, so Senator Rose says, this is unfair. It's disgusting. Like, and, and the other thing is like, yeah, like politicians are protected and the wealthy elite could essentially just like barricade themselves inside their homes. Right. If you're homeless or poor or vulnerable, you don't have right. those protections. So she's making this argument like, it's inherently unfair. We all know that the poor are the people who suffer the most. And so mm-hmm. in response, the new founding fathers are like, you're right. It should be equal. So now this year, no one is protected, including politicians. Okay, got it. So which is a very neoliberal idea where it's like, yes. you're right. There should be equality. The equality of everyone gets to die. Right. But to your point, yeah, they've made it now that so everyone is now vulnerable. Why they did that, of course, is that they want to um, kill the senator. So they're like, great, no right. problem. You will not be protected either. You know, it's like universal health care in this country. It's like, well, nobody gets it, but Trump can pay $750 and get the best medical care that anyone's ever seen for a virus that everybody else dies from. It's cool. It, it's like totally a loophole that we're all fine with. And the people who support him will defend it to the death. So the yes. thing is like, you also see it's like people defending this in the movie where it's like, okay, but you could be killed. Right. But right. they, it's because they've been indoctrinated. You're like, oh, if this person who we agree yes. with the New Finding Fathers, ergo, everything they do is right. But the thing is, the reason that the New Finding Fathers wanted to assassinate Senator Rohn is because she's actually very popular. Like, she's her polling is re- doing really well. Yeah. So they're genuinely afraid that she will come in right. and just switch everything up, and then they'll be able to lose the positions of power. Got it. The other main character in the movie is named Leo Barnes, played by Frank Grillo. And he is featured in the movie The Purge Anarchy. So he's the same character. He used to be an LAPD officer, and now he's the head of Senator Rohn's security. But he's like, you know, okay, apparently they've changed the rules, so we have to put her in a safe house. She's like, I'm not going to be a safe house. Like, if they think I'm elitist, they won't vote for me, so I'm going to stay in my own home. Right. Which is probably fair. So he's like, okay, we're going to barricade this thing up. We're going to turn this into a fortress, right? So now he's making all these plans. Okay. You know, and everyone's sort of loving it. You know what I mean? And I just don't think, and this is another thing, it's like, so the purge is before the election. I just don't think that that seems fair. Yeah, no, I was going to ask, like, where we are, like, obviously the election hasn't happened because they want to kill her before it can happen. But, like, you shouldn't be able to have a purge in an election year the same way that you shouldn't be able to fill a Supreme Court vacancy in an election year. (laughs) Yeah. For reasons that are not explained, the purge happens in March, March 31st, and then the election happens May 26th. I don't know whether they just changed that because this came out in June, so we wanted it to be They wanted like, it to feel recent? Probably. I mean, All I also right. think, like, that's probably the reason, like, the anti-purge candidate is, like, a white, blonde female. I think they were trying to go for, like, the Hillary Clinton... Yeah, 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 yeah. ...analogy. So as a result, you know, the new, the minister Owens, like, snooze. Look, <laughs> can you believe what this boring bitch has to say? You know, trying to, like, be like, if I wanted to be bored, I'd read a book, you know? Oh, my God. So their debate, which, again, Senator Rohn seems to have won, the audience is going nuts, you know, is being watched by the other characters that are going to follow the movie. Joe, who's like a middle-aged black man, his employee Marcos, who's a Mexican immigrant who works in his deli, Um, Lainey, who's also black, and she is, they all live in D.C., and she's sort of like a neighborhood fixture. She grew up there, and she knows Joe 
you know, just from like growing up around there. Yeah. And then Irish Ike, who is only there to say, <laughs> the dialogue is maybe the weakest part of this. Let us say it's like, Irish Ike, they go like, uh, they're all talking like, can she win? And and Marcos is like, if she wins Florida, she could win. Joe's the one who's like, they're never going to change. They always say they're going to take the purge away, but we all know that's a lie. And Lainey's also the similarly like, all politicians are corrupt. Like, they all right. want to have the purge. And they go to Irish Ike, and they're like, Ike, what do you think? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking about waffles and pussy. The phrase <laughs> waffles and pussy is said so many times during this movie from different characters. Why? It's like a running joke, but it's not funny enough to be like, no. at a certain point, you're like, all right, guys. Enough with the waffles and the pussy. But, you know, uh, so they're kind of they're just having, like, a debate about, like, can she actually win? Is this actually possible, you know? And that's right. when we hear about, oh, we've made the changes, so now everyone is vulnerable to the purge. There's no one who's protected. So uh, so Leo's putting together this safe house, and we're sort of cutting back between the safe house. They're getting her set up and Joe's corner store. And at Joe's um, corner store slash deli, these two teenage girls come in, and one of them, Kimmy, goes to steal a candy bar. And uh, Joe's sort of like, put it back or I'll call the cops or whatever. Because the purge has not begun. If anything, you should just right. wait, whatever, 12 right, yeah, hours, 24 hours, hours. And you come back and steal all the candy you want. But uh, she's just like, don't you, you cocksucking pig. You know, all this Jesus. horrible stuff to Joe. It's like, <laughs> he's just trying to run a deli, uh, girls. Yeah. And so Lady comes over and the teenage girls recognize her as, as this like legendary local purger. And they're like, oh, they used to call you La Pequena Morta. You killed me. Like, you were famous for being the worst purger. And you see Lainey's face kind of fall. And, and that's sort of her backstory is that she used to be, in her youth, a per- okay. out here killing people, basically. Oof. And now she has been reformed and she's an adult, but she still is recognizable in the neighborhood as like, oh, you used to be this badass. Yeah. And now you're just like some regular lady, yeah. you know. So she forces the girls to put the candy bar back. But before they leave, Kimmy gives Joe this look like, we'll be back. And so you know, just from that alone, they're oh, going to come back during the purge and they're right. going to fuck up his shit, right? Yeah. And so they're sort of trying to prepare. Joe gets a call from his insurance, purge insurance, because uh, everyone oh, has to get purge God. insurance. Purge insurance? So then it's also about like health insurance. So basically his purge insurance goes up because there's like no laws regulating what you're allowed to charge. And so he can't, he can't afford it. So Joe's plan is, I'm going to stay here during the purge and protect my deli because I have nothing else. And if it, if it gets destroyed, that, then yeah. he has nothing. And there's no recourse oh my God, because it's so legal. dark. It's so dark. And it's just like, he doesn't have a family or kids or whatever. And Marcos and Laney are like, don't do it. It's not worth it. Just go right. home. You know, most people just stay home. Like, yeah, there's obviously people going out crazy and, and trying to kill people. But most people, were to understand, just hunker down. Right if they have homes, and just sort of try to get through it, right? But he's like, I have to be here. I, I'm just going to set up shop, you know? Meanwhile, right. the, over at Senator Rowan's house, they're putting up all these barricades. They have guards. They have snipers. You know, Leo has created this whole sure. system of videos to monitor it. However, we already know it's not going to pan out. How could it possibly? Yeah, it's like, then there's no movie. So now we're about 12 minutes. The purge is right about to begin. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge, sanctioned by the U.S. government. So the purge itself is 12 hours long, so it's from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And they send out alarms, they play it on the TV, and they're and so basically oh, it's yeah. like official. Everybody knows this is about to happen. Um, Lainey gets picked up by like a uh, civilian ambulance, probably to make up for all of these horrible things she did in her youth. 
She is now an activist herself, and she's driving around with this woman, Dawn, providing, like, paramedic help. Okay. So, because technically, like, you, there's no 911. So right. it's not like if you get purged, you could call somebody. So they're just, like, driving around being like, if we see something, we'll do something and help people. Yeah, and boy, do they. I mean, I bet they see a lot of shit. Right, aside from the main plot, there's all these, like, vignettes of them driving through the night, and you just see, like, Lady just looks over, and there's just a bunch of guys to, um, using a guillotine on someone. Like, they look, and there's just, like, uh, women dancing in white dresses and, like, stabbing a hanging body, like, uh, hanging from a tree. Are we to believe that most of the purgers are wealthy people killing the poor? Yes. Or poor killing the poor? Um, I think both. Uh, another thing that we see is on the news, we see that there are purge tourists who come over from other countries. So, like, they interview, like, this, like, um, South African group of people coming over. They're like, we came to kill America. This is the best part of being American, you know? Oh, God. So there are purge tourists. So there's people who are actively seeking this out as, like, a blood sport. Right. So that's all going on. But then additionally, our understanding is that the, um, the government is, like, sort of clearing house and killing all of these homeless and poor people systematically. Okay. So yes. not not for the alleged reasons of like we have to get all our anger out or whatever to right. function. They're not society. angry, they're selfish. Yeah, they're they don't want to have to pay for people's housing right. and and medical care and that kind of thing. And now right. the purge is on, okay? It's happening. Lady and Don are driving around. Uh Joe and eventually Marcos are on the roof of his deli to to probably just like basically like just shoot anyone who's trying to go into the deli. And Senator, the Senator Roan and Leo are locked into her home. And they sort of have, like, in, what in the 90s they would have a romance? Like, if this was a 90s movie? Right. But they don't really go there, and I understand why. Part of me is like, listen, just let's do this, you know? like Give us a little bit of sexual tension. Yeah. So they're there, and they sort of have a heart-to-heart. And we find out, if you haven't seen the movie before, um, Leo says to her, basically the, tells her the events of the Purge Anarchy, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's nice. So when he was a uh, cop, he uh, his son was killed by a drunk driver, not during the purge, and that drunk driver then got off, like wasn't didn't have to serve any time. So during the purge, Leo decided that he was going to kill the driver. But while he's going to this guy's house, ends up like helping these people and having like a whole like transformative adventure sort yes. of. Yeah. So then by the time he gets to the driver's house, he chooses to have mercy on him and not kill him. And in turn, the driver then saves Leo immediately from somebody else. And he says, the purge psychologically, like, convinced me I was allowed to, like, go to the darkest place in my mind. Yeah. And, like, it sort of gave me permission to do something that I only then realized when I tried to do it was wrong and nobody should do it. Right. And that's the flaw in the purge, but also I think that's the— you know, the, the metaphor to our politics is like, yeah, if you let people do stuff, they're going to do it. It is going to be a whole mess, you know? Right. So they're all kind of like, they're in their own, you know, different situations. Kimmy shows up with her teenage slaughter gang and their cars are covered in um, Christmas lights and they have chainsaws and guns and they're about to break into the deli and Marcos shoots her in the ear. Okay. And instead of being like, oh my God, I'm 16, I gotta go home or something. Right. She says, I'll be back and I'm gonna get my candy bar. Again, not every line of dialogue's perfect in this no, film. No, that's okay. So he's been able to scare them off and Marco sort of has this moment where Joe's like, you know, I can't help but notice that you seem to be some sort of like sniper or like crack shot. Like you made an insane shot that like right. no normal person would be able to make. 
And Marcos doesn't exactly say it, but the implication is that he was in a gang essentially to survive when he was in Mexico. Sure. And he lived in Juarez, and that's why he's such a good shot. But, Marksman, like, he's yeah. also, like, someone where, like, he has seen so much violence, and he's like, this violence is, is destructive to society. Right. And I have personal experiences. experiences. Yes. So, finally, over at Senator Rhodes' house, everything seems to be good. Um, unfortunately, uh, you see the chief of security. He's, I don't know if he's a police chief or the chief of security. Anywho, somebody who's working with Senator Rhodes set at the house goes and he sort of creates like a video loop on the security cameras. Interesting. So it's not a live feed anymore. Oh. And then this other agent, Eric, we've seen a couple times, he texts an unknown number, we're set. And we realize... Of course. Of course, they are being paid or they are in you know, cahoots, cahoots with the founding yeah. fathers yes. to have the um, Senator Roan assassinated. I was correct. And yes, Good exactly. Who else would you have come kill a, a senator? Of course, a, a neo-Nazi paramilitary group. Perfect. And you know they're neo-Nazis because they literally have, like, they descend around the house. You know, they're in the backyard sort of surrounding the house. Literally, the backs of their vests say white power. Oh. There's, like, Confederate flags on, like, their their uniforms. Even knowing that it's a movie and that it's fake, it's still like seeing those things. You're like, okay, but those things are real. <laughs> like, it's like hard to see that. And I think that's why when I saw this, like in 2016, I'm like, it wasn't like, oh, that could never happen. I felt like, okay, well, that's like dramatized for reality. Uh, now I'm like, somebody no. probably tried to call and get that white power vest. I know. You know like, someone like, on the phone, like, can I order this? Yeah, it's on Amazon word? or something. Like, <laughs> so, uh, and also the head of the neo Nazi paramilitary group is, his name is Danzinger. And he just has a full swastika on his neck. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And so Eric, the, this agent who we've seen working with Leo, just opens the door and they come in. But luckily, Leo notices, he went, he goes to call one of these snipers on the roof and he realizes, oh, I'm not watching live video, I'm watching a loop. Oof. All the snipers Chilling. on the roof and all the guards outside have been killed by these neo-Nazis. Oh my God. And so he's like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> you know, like, God <laughs> damn it. Not again. So he runs into the senator and he ha- put, has forces to put on a bulletproof vest. And he's like, I put something in your house. I didn't tell you about it. And then he pulls a trap door in the floor. So okay. they're able to drop through and get out onto the street before the neo-Nazis get into her room. Because the room they made is sort of like a, um, what is it called? Like a safe room. And so they're able to get out. But then now they are literally outside. And they don't know who to trust. They don't know who where to go. And it is during the purge. So my question to you, Allison, is what would you do if you were found yourself in this scenario? <laughs> What would you do? I mean, if I'm her, I have a gun. Like, I have found a gun. I need, I'm going to need a weapon. I'm right. very anti-gun as a human being, but, like, when it's, like, when that's the scenario, like, I would hope that she has, a, like, I would acquire a weapon of some kind. Right. I feel like higher ground is, like, where I would go. Oh, like, okay, interesting. Like, like, ro- like rooftops and stuff where, yes. like... Mm-hmm. It's like if people are running through the streets like crazy, driving cars through the streets like crazy, like if you went to the top of like a high rise, I mean, you would yes. have to get up there. But like that to me would feel like you'd be the least vulnerable because you'd be the least accessible because people are probably just like slashing and burning whatever's in front of them. And people aren't going to go like to the top of like a 25 story like condo to like find yes. one person unless they knew you were there. Yeah, I completely agree. We've also seen, like, uh, Joe and Marcos are on the um, roof of his building. And even then, it's like, oh, right, like, 
if there's no one around or no one intentionally trying to get to something on the roof, you're right. probably fine. They're probably yeah, going to be fine up there. That feels like the safest place in my mind, as long as people aren't, like, flying helicopters around. Well, unfortunately, oh, Allison, no. it's, not, it's not quite yet, but believe me, they will be. Okay. You better believe there's a neo-Nazi helicopter course, in this movie. Of course, of course, of course, of course. So they're on the street, and uh, of course, there's two neo-Nazis outside, and so Leo has to physically fight them, which is funny to me, where it's like, he has a gun. We see that he has two guns later on, but he's got to just bare knuckles fight these guys. <laughs> hand to it's, hand. it's a movie. <laughs> he has a, like a little knife. I don't know what, like almost like a, he's like a blade. Anywho, he goes up with that as opposed to just shooting them, but hey, maybe he has a limited number of uh, bullets. And uh, so the new announcers have finally broken into the senator's room and they're like, oh, she's gone because they oh, no. see the trap door. Fortunately, Leo has also planted a bomb in the senator's room for just this situation and he detonates it and it blows up not all the neo-Nazis, but many of the neo-Nazis. It also kills Eric. And frankly, he was asking for it. If you're going to, yep. you know, take money for the neo-Nazis and the new founding fathers, that was on you, Eric. You, you know? deserve to die. So they're running through the city. They are terrified. You know, we see all these different, like, horrible vignettes. And then they end up being tailed by a uh, drone. And right. they're like, oh, my God, it's a new Finding Fathers. It's not. It's just a crazy perjure with a drone. And it's Perfect. screaming Russian. And finally, they are descended upon by a bunch of Russian um, perch tourists. America is the greatest country in the world. It was 2016, so it's got to be Russian. Right. And they're dressed as, like, uh, creepy Uncle Sam, creepy Statue of Liberty, creepy Ugh. Abraham Lincoln. And they're like, America's number one. You know, America's the best country in the world. We Is love that your Russian birds. accent? Yes. This was also my uh, <laughs> South African accent, as you remember earlier. Yes. And my Ukrainian accent from uh, Orphan. So, yeah. yeah it's all pretty one. much. It's a yeah, catch-all. Exactly. But so, but just as they're about to, these Russian perjurers are about to kill Leo and the senator, they all get gunned down. And Leo and the senator are like, what? And they turn around to see who has saved them. And it is, of course, Joe and Marcos. And okay. fortunately, now our plot lines have converged. Converged. I like that. So then I don't have it's to like keep going back and forth. episode. Exactly. <laughs> and so and Joe and Marcos, they, of course, recognize her. So they're like, come with us. So they go back to uh, Joe's deli. And even in the deli they're talking about, Marcus is like, if you win Florida, I'm pretty sure you can take the election. And Joe's <laughs> like— still, like, strategizing. Yeah, and Joe's like, no, you Stay can't alive. win. You know, like, they're, you know, arguing arguing about it. And, you know, they sort of have a conversation, and, and Joe's plan was, we'll get you out of the city. But he's like, honestly, it's too crazy. We'll just hunker down here, and we should be safe. Joe and Marcus were safe up, up on the roof. So we'll just hang out. Unfortunately, that's when Kimmy and the murder team show back up. And she's got way more murder teams with her, and they've got drills, and they're going to drill through, like, the metal security gates. Oh, my God. On the deli. Home Depot must just clean up before the purge. I, I do think they probably have a lot of pre-purge advertising, yeah. being like, do you need a sledgehammer and a gigantic drill? A giant electric drill and a bunch of rope, like, ugh. No, and and so and there's also something at some point uh, where the senator accuses the new founding fathers of getting funding from N the NRA, and that really would explain, like everyone has a gun, and not just like a handgun. Mm -hmm. Everyone has like Kimmy, who is gun. like a 16 year old girl, has yeah, like a machine gun that she has bedazzled mm -hmm. with jewels. Of course, like clearly there's like fire sales, like there's a two for one bogo deal oh with the, you know at the gun store <laughs> or whatever. 
And so they, Kimmy's like, I'm going to get my candy bar again. She only has the one line. But boy, the, the actress really does deliver it the best she can. And so they're like, okay, we're going to have to fight our way out of here. And so they call Lainey and they're like, hey, lady, we know you're out helping people and like saving people. But could you please come back? Because there's a bunch of murder teens breaking into the deli. You're going to need to help us now. Yeah, and so Lainey's like, hell yeah. And she drives back around. Just as the teens are about to get in. And finally, they give the senator a gun. So the teens are about to get in. Lainey rounds the corner in her civilian ambulance, puts guns in, and just slams into all the murder teens, sending them (gasps) flying. Like, their shoes literally fly off. And their bodies scattered. (laughs) And then as soon as Lainey gets out, she just guns them all down. Like, just dispatches them. And then kills Kimmy last and just shoots her right in the head. Great. And she says, she has a line where it's essentially like, La Bacadia Muerta is back, bitches. Which is unnecessary, but again, she she gets her line. Yeah, it's like, we just got to have some fun lines and catchphrases for people. The rest of the writing, like, who cares? Yeah. Meanwhile, some teens were in the front of the building and some ran back to the behind the building. So the teens in the back don't know this is going on. So they're still trying to break in and like shooting and like trying to drill in. So Joe, Marcos, and Leo, and the senator go with Lainey. And they're like, we got it. We cannot say the deli is no longer a safe space, you know? Right. And so Lainey says, okay, I'm going to take you somewhere that technically you're not supposed to know about, but we're going to go. Okay. So apparently there's an underground like, triage, like, room set up for the community. And the implication is that, like, the activists, the anti-purge activists have sent up these centers, and they're just operating. It's all volunteer, like, doctors right. and nurses and stuff. And also, they they also round up all the homeless people oh. and keep them there. Great. So it's in, like, an underground um, parking garage. But so it's sort of like a secret, but, like, if you're in the community, you know about it. Because right. if people knew about it, Purges could potentially you would go. Just go there. down there, and then you're all exactly. Trapped. So again, the the same. That's the issue with the purge. It all seems like fun and games until you need triage help, and then right. there's people running in there and trying to purge. Right. But but she says something to the effect of like in the community, the unspoken rule is you don't go in there and and do anything bad. Like everyone's sort okay. of understanding is that this is allowed to exist for now. So they're trying to drive uh, there, and then of course we see that the neo Nazis have a helicopter. And they are able to track down the van. And everyone's like, how the hell did they find us? Like, how would they possibly know where we are? Well, it turns out Leo was shot earlier by one of the neo-Nazis when they're trying to escape in the shoulder. The bullet has a tracking device. So they've been able to track them this whole time. Oh, so they're going to have to get that out. So there's a helicopter tracking the, the civilian ambulance. And then there's like a team on the ground in like a truck driving after them. So he has to pull it out of his shoulder. Oh, my God. And Mark, Marcos, because he's genius, is like, just throw it on the ground. They're not going to know if it's in your body. Like, just right. throw it out the fucking window. And just as we're about to open the door to throw it out, a gang of purgers surrounds the their uh, ambulance. Oh, God. And they're like, shit. God damn it. And Joe, because he's, like, older and, you know, he's sort of like this uh, community institution, is always talking about, like, I was no saint when I was your age either, but, like, you got to do—you got to contribute to the community or whatever. And so all these people are swarming the van, and uh, Joe whistles, and the gang outside whistles back. And he's like, oh, that was a crip whistle. I used to be a crip. And oh, these are sure. crips, so we should be fine. So they open the door, and the crips okay. are like, yeah, this is totally fine. <laughs> But you have to take one of our friends to the triage center. So they, like, load up this injured guy into the ambulance. And 
basically they give the Crips the bullet. So now the neo-Nazis oh. are going to meet up with this. That's what I was going to say, is like send them on a different wild goose exactly. chase while, like instead of just leaving it static. Exactly. So then we do see like the, uh, at least the truck of neo-Nazis shows up, finds the bullet, and they're like, where'd it go? And they mm. turn around and then this gigantic gang of guys gets to mow down a, a team of neo-Nazis. I like that. Yeah, and I just That's felt fun. like, yeah, good. well. Yeah, if someone has to be mowed down, at least it could be these neo-Nazis who are trying to assassinate um, a sitting senator. They've sort of temporarily escaped. Lainey is able to get them into this um, makeshift triage hospital. And it is filled with homeless people. And, like, every time anyone comes in, everyone's like, ugh. Like, 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 are you a— No. Exactly. So it turns out that that hospital has been set up by Dante Bishop, who is the activist we saw earlier. And his community, his organization, I guess they're supposed to be like the Black Panthers, where it's like they're setting up all these community hospitals and stuff underground. So everyone, people could use them, but like the government doesn't know about them, so they can't, you know, well, we'll find out what, they, what their plans are. But essentially, they are operating these things, and the senator gets to like meet and really sit down with her constituents and, <laughs> and really just get to hear what they have to say about the purge, nothing good. And so, so now they're like, okay, so I guess we're— safe, I guess. We could just hang out here. We have 40 more minutes of the film, but you know what? It's probably, we're fine, you know? Yeah. Joe tells Lainey and Marcos, I want to go back to the deli, and I will just leave and walk if you won't drive me. And it's like, Joe, give it up. No. It's not worth it. A deli isn't worth it. Your life? Like, I get it. It's your entire livelihood. It's your business. It's It's all you have. all of your money. Right. However, like, you're going to die. You're so. going to be gunned down. But Lainey says, okay, I will drive you and Marcos back and and I'm going to come back here and keep doing my patrol because right. we don't know. It's not midnight yet. You know, it's still like the first five hours of the purge. So we got plenty of purge to go. And so uh, so she they're driving them back. But as they drive them back, they see a bunch of like military government trucks and they realize, oh no, they're going to this underground hospital. And our understanding is that they are going to just scoop up all those homeless people and kill them because they're allowed to on the purge. And what what we later find out is they're actually going there specifically to kill Dante Bishop because he is the head of this organization that's providing all this anti-purge support. So they aren't there going there for the senators. She just happens to be there. But also if she's there, of course they're going to kill her. Yeah, just kill her. So then Lady and Joe have to, Marcos, they got everyone has cell phone reception everywhere they're at. They're able to call Leo and the senator, even though they are in an underground facility. Where It's like, okay. I also imagine during the purge, like the phone lines would be very busy, but they're able to get through them and said, you, everyone has to get out right now. Yeah. So while Leo and the senator are in the uh, underground facility, Leo is seeing like a bunch of people, like a hubbub. And because he's so paranoid about the senator being betrayed and the senator's, like, closest security guards betraying her to the new Founding Fathers, he's like, is the same thing happening here? Like, did we just show up and now somebody's calling them? So he bursts into their office. He's like, I need to know what's happening right now. And the senator follows him in and they realize, oh, the activists aren't talking about them. Then Dante Bishop and the activists are going to midnight mass to assassinate her opponent. Yes, great. I love it. Minister Owen. Kill him. So now there's like a double assassination. So they try to assassinate her and now the activists are trying to assassinate Minister Owens. And Dante's like, listen, this is this this has been in the works for a long time. We're going to use yeah. these tunnels to go up to the church. And Senator Roan, because she's a good person, I understand she has to, she's like, we can't do it this way. If you do this, you're no better than them. She's like, right, but sure, also... Technically... 
but like just but like it's the lives you would save. Yeah, and and to but to her point, her you know yeah. she also She's says right. like if he's killed, he'll become a martyr to the cause. His yeah. essentially his vice president would just become president. It doesn't right. actually it's change all the same anything party. exactly. And she's not wrong, but Dante's like, I hear what you're saying, and yet we're going to do it. So, yes. you know, peace out, bitch. So uh, so now word of the government raid is happening. So Dante and his team are going to the church because it's almost midnight. Meanwhile, Lainey, Joe, and uh, Marcos are coming back, and they're able to pick up Leo and the senator. And the senator says, we have to go to the church, and I have to stop the assassination of Minister Owens. And Leo's like, the hell we will. <laughs> That you're making, are you telling no. me? Are you, are we, we're going to drive to Delaware, bitch. Like, there is no <laughs> way. Like, what are you talking Delaware. about? And so they're arguing in the car, like, what should we do? What's the moral? Yeah. What's the right thing? Meanwhile, the Nazis, the Danzinger, I guess, landed his helicopter. Now there's, like, another truck of Nazis. Finally, T-Bones finds them in T-Bones. Great, though, great. And is able to pull her out of the wreckage. And now the senator is gone. And they've taken her. So now it's Leo, Joe, Marcos, and Lainey are like, well, what the hell do we do now? Like, where are they taking her? And Leo says, well, the fact that they didn't just shoot her makes me think I know where they're taking her. They're taking her to the church for midnight purge mass. Again, oh, luckily God. it all meets up again. Of course. Yeah, everybody just keeps coming together. So the senator wakes up and she's in like sort of a white vestment in uh, the church is called Our Lady of Sorrows. And I think it's oh, supposed God. to be like the Georgetown Cathedral or something. Sure. I mean, gorgeous church. Yeah. Love, absolutely love Ooh. it. Gorgeous. And so she is strapped to a, um, like a Hannibal Lecter style trolley. Like a wheeling, yeah, okay. Yeah, so she's sort of trapped there and she's gagged and she's looking around and there's another guy next to her who's also gagged looking at her. We don't know him. Okay. And uh, one of the guys who was at the uh, initial New Finding Fathers meeting, Harmon, is putting on his priest robes and he looks oh, like terrifying and like God. gaunt and scary. Ugh. So she's sort of there for this mass, and, and all these New Finding Fathers people are in the congregation, and they're like, As we always do, blessed be New Founding Fathers. Let us purge and cleanse our souls. Blessed be America, a nation reborn. Meanwhile, Leo's team meets up with Dante Bishop's team. So now they are trying to get into the church to save her. Okay. And Leo says to Dante, like, this is not an assassination mission now. This is a rescue mission. We have to yes. get her out. And Dante's yes. like, yes, okay. Well, okay, course, yes. Obviously, like, that's yes. the priority. Yes, yeah. we will get her out. No problem. So meanwhile, she's strapped down. She can't escape. She's watching this. And, like, so Minister Owens is the one preaching. And he has all these, like, incredibly, like, amazing lines and about, like, we have to purge and purify. Like, Jesus died. Basically, his argument is Jesus died for our sins. So now these people have to die for our sins. So it's actually kind of the same thing. Of course, in, okay. in Christianity, Jesus <laughs> decided and sacrificed himself out of the goodness of his being right. rather than we're going to kill this sitting senator who is so running for president. So that we can keep sinning? <laughs> exactly. Like, so that we can keep being pieces of shit? <laughs> so at this point of the movie, Allison, I have to ask you, Okay. Who do you think is going to survive? Who will survive? I have to for my own edification and like needing to be able to sleep at night in both our world and having heard about this movie, need the senator to survive. I think that her head of security, the guy who, the, the ex-LAPD guy is going to die. Mm -hmm. I think the deli owner, Joe, will die I think Lainey will survive. Okay. And I forget who else is left. Um, Marcos. Probably, he could probably die. 
Okay. Not he could die, but he probably will. Uh, Dante Bishop, the activist. I hope he survives too. So I'm going to say he survives. And then Minister Owens. Die. Okay. I want him to die. There's plenty of other scary old white men to keep this franchise going. So. And this, and then we see this church is packed to the gills. Yeah. These people are just there to be gunned out of this movie. Uh, yeah, it's like you're just all going into one place. And obviously they have a lot of guards and everything, but as we've seen, having guards means nothing because people can immediately dispatch them. Right. And then finally, do you want to guess the twist or do you think there will be a twist? Guess the twist. I mean, part of me thinks that that twist that I predicted has already happened, but I'm sure there's, like, a surprise coming. Okay. Like, and, and also because, like, I know this isn't, like, the final move, like, that there is the plan for the fifth movie, so part of me thinks there's, like, a cliffhangery twist where it's like, but what next, you know? Owens is, is preaching, says, uh, Blessed be the new founding fathers. Let us purge to cleanse our souls. Everyone's like, purge and purify, pur-, you know, like, chanting or whatever. Right. So they... So the senator's there, and then there's this other guy, poor guy, Lawrence. So they bring out Lawrence, and basically they're going to uh, human sacrifice them. And with the, It's sort of the parody of, like, as a Catholic, like, you drink the blood of Christ and eat the flesh right. of Christ. Like, you're spilling these people's blood to cleanse you of, like, all of your hatred and sin. And if we do it once per year, then, like, our society is better for it. Yes. So Harmon, the priest, goes and he just stabs the Lawrence and he's blood sprays everywhere and everyone's like, hooray! And Owen's like, you're born again through his blood. (laughs) Meanwhile, Leo, Dante, and like all of their people have gotten up into the choir loft and they bring out the senator next and uh, they're like, okay, we're all going to sacrifice her. So I guess everyone gets to stab her once. So it's almost like people file out like they're going to get communion. And the first person to stab her is going to be Caleb Warrens, who we saw earlier, was the head of the New Founding Fathers. And they're like, this is so great. Like, she's just, they say, like, she brings, like, a lot of negative energy. And by killing her, we're really going to purge that negative energy. Which, like, again, seems kind of like a goop approach to it. But Very, very goopy. So right as Caleb Warrens is about to slit her throat, Marcos, who, again, is a crack shot, shoots him through the head. Perfect. From the choir loft. And Love then it that. is just mayhem. May- Everyone's yeah. Once running. Once one shot comes from yeah. like another place, it's just like, well, all bets are off. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, Caleb Boris, you supported the purge, bitch. Did it not occur to you that this could happen? Like, of right. course someone was going to try to shoot you in the head. It's the purge. Right. Why is everyone, it's like, oh my God, people are here shooting I can't us. believe we're getting hurt. It's like, yeah, there's yeah. no laws. <laughs> I guess it's like that tweet where they're like, you know, I never thought a jaguar would eat my face, said head of jaguars should eat people's faces. Right. Uh, party <laughs> or whatever. Right. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. And everyone's like, oh my God, I'm shocked by this incredibly not shocking scenario. So then everyone, you know, like the the activists are shooting against like the new founding fathers, guards, there's just blood spraying and everyone running around or whatever. 
But luckily, Senator Roan is still alive. Okay. Uh, she's alive, and so is Minister Owens, actually. And so okay. they're like, we got to get her the fuck out of here. There's still seven more hours of purge. Oh, my God. And it's so, so long. It's so long. It's, the fact that, like, millions aren't killed in 12 hours is insane. And so they're going to take her out, and Dante's like, okay, great. We're so glad we could help you. We're still going to kill the Minister Owens. Mm-hmm. Like, now that you're rescued, we'd pull that off. It was great. So we're going to kill him. And so the senator is still like, I have to actually win— like, you cannot make him a martyr of the cause. I'm begging yeah. you, please don't do this. But there's kind of, like, distracted, like, they're as they're walking out of the church, they find that the um, priest had had, like, two dozen other people ready to go. Like, they were going to kill, like, dozens of other people. Oh, my God. So the senator and, like, Leo and, and everybody has to stop to, like, untie them. And they're all, like, homeless people. And of course. They're like, hey, thanks a lot. This is a huge help. <laughs> anyway, we're probably still going to die in the next six hours. <laughs> So, like, there's a lot of, like, stuff going on, and then somebody goes outside to get find a car, and it turns out that neo-Nazis have come back, so then, like, Leo yeah. has to find a neo-Nazi. So it's just, like, total chaos. Um, and then my favorite part is that the priest has not died, and the priest kicks in the door of the room where they've, they're holding all of these sacrificial lambs people. Mm-hmm. He kicks the door, and he just fires a shotgun into the room. And I wish there had been oh. more priest-firing shotgun. I just love it. <laughs> and, um, and so he, the, the priest and Joe end up in a firefight, and Joe is shot. Okay. And Joe is dying, you okay. know. And so Lady and Marcus are sort of trying to comfort him. Meanwhile, the senator is basically begging Dante Bishop to not kill Minister Owens. And he's like, it's happening. And so he yeah. forces her out of the room. And then it's just him and, like, two other people, his, like, men. And and Owens is like, purge, kill me. I want you to kill me. This is God's will that you murder me. And Dante's like, fuck you. You don't tell me what to do. You're, she was unfortunately right. If I kill you, I become you. Right. But also it's like, he does have that funny moment of like, oh, you had better win the election now. Yeah. Because if not, I'm going to be really pissed. That yeah, I you're going to win that Florida, guy. bitch. Like, you have to. <laughs> yeah. So so he goes out. And so now, now the Nazis are back in play and, and Leo has to fight them. And one of the Nazis shoots Dante Bishop and he dies, but not before he's able to get into a car and drive them into a bunch of Nazis and kill them. So that's good. And our final moment is that we're spending it with Joe. And Joe basically is like, I believe, because he'd always been like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, nothing good could happen, you know, whatever. And so is Lainey. And he says, like, I believe you can win. I believe you can change things. And so, and Lainey's like, I agree. And so Joe dies. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, the, not that he's the only one I liked, but there is like where it's like, well, the two main black car- men still had to die in this movie. Yeah, I don't love that. But I mean, they got a lot done. And they 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 both lived an honest life. They made the world a better place. Cut yes. to two months later, and I guess technically the election's on like Memorial Day because this would have come out in June. So it's sure. May May twenty sixth, and it's voting day. And we see Marcos is like putting back together the deli, you know, uh-huh. like because the deli was absolutely trash. You know? Oh, of course. And so he's still putting it together, and he's watching the election results. And she wins in a landslide, and you see that she has won Florida. And he's like, I knew it. Okay, I knew that's she, fun. she won Florida, you know, and so Lainey comes by. And again, if I had written this movie, they would have a romantic entanglement. Of course, there's no romance in this film, and that's disappointing. Right, and, but hey, I respect her, whatever. But, but yeah. yeah, so the senator senator wins, and it's essentially like the purge is over. Like, she's just going to yeah. end the purge. Now, the argument then stands in my mind. It's like, well, couldn't the next, if in the future, someone just reinstate the purge? But I guess that is also American politics, where it's like, Wow, our person won, and now they can institute all this stuff. And it's like, well, in four to eight years, somebody can just come and fuck this up again. Yeah. 
So that's why the Purge franchise is genius is it could never technically end because right, we because are Americans. It and we will constantly changes. We will always let fucked up stuff happen and we'll elect to, true maniacs. Yes. Which is just another point we want to make um, is please vote. Please vote, not just on November 3rd. There are down ticket and special elections all year. Please be aware of those. Uh, that's how we avoid yeah. this. <laughs> and the very end is that we hear on the news that like the new founding fathers, like the supporters, like basically didn't agree with the election results and are now rioting oh. and looting. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. that'll be funny when... Cool. Yeah. Ugh, Anywho, don't <laughs> vote for Donald Trump. Um, so, Allison... Now that you've heard what happens in the purge election year, what are some fatal mistakes that you think some people took? Fatal mistakes. I guess, like, living in America would be a huge first problem for me, both in this movie and currently. But I think, you know, I still stand by that higher ground would have been a really good answer for them running around. Yeah, absolutely. When they first realized the house was no longer safe. And I also think, like... Once the senator was safe, like, they should have just taken everybody and gotten the hell out of town. Yes. Don't try and, like, do more stuff. Don't try, like, and, like, Joe going back to his deli, like, don't go to the deli. Part of me thinks, like, run for the hills, be, like, as far away from the city as possible. But then if you're far away... Right. Then you're kind of, like, vulnerable in a different way. So it's a no-win. I guess, like, ever letting a conservative party be in control of the country would be, like, another fatal mistake from, you know, four years prior to this film. Right, yeah. Well, I think you said it all. Um, (laughs) You you covered it. (laughs) Those are all the mistakes that I saw. (laughs) But um, I wanted, yes, I wanted to have a little segment called Plan Your Purge. And I just wanted to say, I wanted us to plan out if there was a purge, what would we personally do? And yeah, I guess I feel like I would drive to Palm Springs. Like I would try to get as far away from... I'd stop at the Cabazon outlets on my way if it's within the 12 hours because I would raid the fuck out of a Gucci outlet. Oh, I would go to In-N-Out. <laughs> I would get a date shake. You're getting like a $7 shake. You could you could afford that, I think. <laughs> but it's more that I don't have to pay that $7. Yes. I would, I mean, I would steal a lot of like clothes from stores. That's like yeah. what I like. That's all I care about. I don't wish harm on anybody again, except for the nightmares and power that execute that power over the vulnerable and minorities and the poor. So, exactly. Uh, you know, and if those guys happen to die at somebody else's hand, I'm not going to stop it. I guess what I like about um, recording this now is that it does sound like the purge is happening outside of your apartment all the time. It really does sound like I'm just like up here and I'm like, I guess I would go to higher ground. I'm on the third floor. This feels pretty safe. Right, just go to the roof. I Honestly, I think you had the right idea. Yeah. So finally, on our spooky scale, which of course, uh, just to be clear, is a yes. scale of how scary Alice and I find the movie, not whether not the movie quality. was good or whether we found it entertaining, which are two totally different scales that we do not use. Agree. From one to ten screams, where are we on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. Because of our current climate, I will say that this is an eight. Great. I mean, the B-movie feel to it is what makes me think it's not quite like a nine or a ten. But because this all feels like it could happen. Yes. And it's all just regular human, like, real violence. Yeah. Very, very, very scary. (laughs) I'm going to give it a six because okay. it's not scary. I think it's a lot of fun. It's it, I didn't find sure. it scary. I mean, I mean, we've already seen The Purge. We're familiar with it. But right. I will say I did have a lot of moments of like, oh, boy, yeah, wow, this metaphor, this, this analogy <laughs> really held up. And that was uh, very aggravating and distressing. So that fear, I also had that fear of like, boy, this sucks and this is so hot. It's not on the nose. It's like it's accurate, you know. 
Yeah. So um, thank you so much for listening, you guys. And again, hopefully you're already voting. I hope you have already voted uh, by mail or hopefully wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can get out the vote. And again, wherever you're doing, even if you're voting right now, please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Yay! Bye! Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.